All right, what's good, Forexia fam? Today we're going over, well, we have a special podcast. This is actually the first ever Forexia podcast that we've ever done. Um, hopefully we're going to do a lot more. You're gonna, you guys are going to see a lot more podcasts in the future from myself, from special guest Mark English. We got mentor Mark English on here with us on the other line. Uh, we're also going to see, you guys are going to see a lot more um, podcasts from all the other mentors as well. Mark, are you there? Yes, sir. All righty, man. Yo, so Mark, how long have you been trading, bro? Kind of, let's, let's hear a backstory about how you kind of got into trading, where you started, where you, what was your turning point as well at, at kind of understanding market manipulation in the whole and how the markets actually are kind of manipulated. When, when did that turning point happen and how did you get started, bro? Okay. So initially I actually started trading in uh, live uh, May, 2017. So, uh, you know, May, 2020, that'll be about, I'll be about three years, three years in a month that I've actually been trading active in the Forex market. Now, Initially, when I started trading, I, I indeed, uh, I was working for a company. I uh, was working in the air conditioned field. I worked with uh, uh, building automation. So it's, it's kind of like a mix of air conditioning and IT. If you ever look at those smart homes, that's the type of work I was doing. It was controls work to actually make a building more energy efficient. So I, I had a pretty good job, but it was very extensive, you know, uh, you know, worked long hours, you know, and eventually I actually lost my work visa in, um, you know, not for anything that I did. It just uh, just didn't fall through, you know, due to some policies that the U.S. government had. And I had to move back to the Bahamas. Initially, I traded for one year while I was working. And um, what, it, what got me into trading first was binary. So I actually started Nadex binaries before I even started looking into Forex. Now... I actually got scammed by someone in my first two months of trying to trade binaries. This guy said that if I sent him like $1,200, it was me and my friend, Dwayne, we sent him like $1,000 each and he was supposed to manage the account. This dude created a logo, a receipt. I mean, Dylan, he went like through the most to scam me, bro. You know, and uh, (laughs) so basically... Uh, I, I, I waited in a long ass line in Walmart to money gram, to money gram him the a thousand dollars and pretty much he kept up with it for a month and just disappeared on me. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to have to learn this, how to do this myself then. So then I looked into, uh, apex trading. Okay. Um, apex trading they cost $200 a month and it was trading Forex and, and futures and stuff like that. But they didn't teach market structure. They just, bro, they literally taught you just basically how to follow these indicators, bro. The Bollinger Bands and it, it was literally nothing. Like you had like the Bollinger Bands, the EMA Cross and, you know, and you had all these signals and stuff like that. And they, they did, I mean, um, indicators and they didn't teach anything. And it was $200 a month, bro. So, 
you know, that didn't quite work out. So that was, I only was with the company for one month, you know, and this sister, a good friend of mine, I haven't spoken to her in a while, but I met her on Facebook named Shantasia. And she basically introduced me to Steve Morrow, the market maker method. And she basically had like the, you know, the regular four videos in the boot camp, right? The four videos that circulate in the internet on the um, market maker method. And she created some videos herself, breaking down uh, three pushes out the Asian range. And the funny thing is, she taught me how to follow indicators again. So it's like, I kind of, I was excited because I thought I had this big secret on the market maker method and counting three levels and, you know, and you saw it sometimes, but it didn't really make a lot of sense, bro. Like, you know what I mean? So it was, a. Uh, so anyway, so I spent my first, I'll say year and a half, okay, of basically just trying to count levels and, and take safety trades. And it was very subjective. And I did lot and I did not learn market structure really until uh, you you were the one when me and you kind of met on, you know, we were sharing spiritual knowledge and esoteric knowledge. You sent me voice notes. And you did a one-on-one -on -one with me and, and you just talked more about market structure. So I didn't learn really market structure until that one-on-one -on -one with you. And I was like, wait a minute. I got to look at, you know, support and resistance. You know, I got to look more deeply, these wedge patterns, you know, these breakouts and stuff. So, you know, I started mark, marking up the charts a bit more and, and I saw more beyond just the three pushes out the range, you know, and all that shit. Um, and, you know, false move week beginning and... <laughs> So um following the, the 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 mayo and ketchup and mustard and all that. I, I yeah, yeah. yeah, so the first year and a half was actually a complete waste of time, in my humble opinion. Um and I thought I knew how to trade. I I, I did get a hit and miss from time to time, but when I left my job, I went on a complete losing streak for if i mean shit dude it it was for quite some time i ain't gonna lie like it was for quite a while like a year like it had to been a year of just straight losses and that was full time so i had to do things part-time i had to sell flyers and you know like when i was in the u.s i had to do little under the table jobs and little handyman jobs here and there you know, um, and I would fund my account. Uh, I would blow it. Uh, I would fund my account. I would blow it. Um, and it was really discouraging. So it, it was around the time um, what you taught me. I still was struggling to take the reversals, you know. So I, I, I started like, so what, what, what was the turning point for me? Well, let me don't say the turning point. The epiphany, because even when I had my first real like epiphany for a, a strategy that resonated with me, I still wasn't consistent yet. Okay. And that's the thing you can realize in Forex, you're going to have many epiphanies and you're going to get excited probably 10 to 20, 30 times. And you will realize, shit, why, why I'm consistent yet? Because it's layers of epiphanies that that's the thing. Like 
one epiphany then stocks on to another epiphany and you realize that you make all these mistakes but what i what i what made me better was i i constantly back tested constantly that's all i did so even when i worked in hawaii i actually got a job in hawaii doing some ac and stuff i was just on the beach just back testing i, I did nothing else with my time i'll say for probably two years of just back testing and that was trading as well so i was trading but i back tested and marked up charts way more than I traded. I, I, I don't even trade a lot, you know. I take maybe two to three setups a week, maybe two to four a week. But um, it was around February in 2019 when I started drawing up trend lines, okay. I went into a meditative state and I, I was really pissed off. I, I, I actually asked the universe for help. I, so I was actually reaching out to like kind of I actually cried, bro. Uh, so just to let people know, I, I did, I did cry about on four different occasions because I was so frustrated. I didn't think I was able to, to actually do this anymore. And I don't know the next day when I kind of reached out and just kind of, I, I guess you could call it some form of prayer. I don't know. And I had a huge epiphany. I started drawing up trend lines everywhere. And I started noticing that these breakouts of these trend lines, a lot of times they were false, but it was, it was specifically trend lines that have been hit three to six times. So that's when I came up with the, the trend, the false trend line breakout, okay? The, the zone, support zone and false trend line breakout where they would trap people on these breakouts, okay, of these structures. So, that kind of led me to a deeper understanding of how the market maker traps traders at, at, uh, at these certain structures. And, but it, it wasn't just that Dylan, I still wasn't really fully consistent yet. So I then started to look at the currency crosses and this is when I came up with the term bank trap correlation. Okay, it is not like fractional disparity, okay? Because fractional disparity is something that Steve teaches with the levels and stuff. This is different from fractional disparity, okay? This is something that I coined and I, I like to say that I created in the way that I teach is bank trap correlation where you see, for example, when you see a, a, a breakout in RCUSD, RCN, RC Canadian, and a bunch of the RC crosses, because that breakout occurred amongst the crosses, it, it, will, it will actually be more of a high probability that it's a false breakout because there's a, tons of human beings, okay, taking that breakout. So I was able to, from 2000, the whole year of 2019, I dedicated my work to being able to determine what is a true breakout and what is a false breakout. Because remember, even though Forex is, is, is complex and you make many different decisions, the decision is still binary. Are you buying or are you selling? Okay. So the correlation with learning, uh, again, not just the, a regular wedge pattern, but learning the ascending triangle, the descending triangle, trend channels, the, uh, the symmetrical wedge, the rising wedge, the failing wedge, 
uh, um, MW neckline traps, uh, support and resistance zone traps, so trend line traps. So I developed a system where you could take 15 different variations of structures and you could use these variations amongst the crosses to determine what would human beings be doing. Now, the whole gist of me teaching this and, and, and trading this way, this is when I started to become consistent, um, you know, with the correlation, because this gets you to think like an institution. Because when institutions, if they can't see uh, uh, that a bunch of people are, are on the opposite side, like if they don't have enough traders on the opposite side, they don't even bother to even trade, Okay. So there are times where retail trader setups work, but I'm talking about the times where it doesn't work. So really what helped me was understanding order flow, market structure, bank trap correlation, and, and mainly realizing that a true trap trader is a master at marking up a chart. He is a master at reverse engineering and marking up a chart. Okay? So... Basically, um, yeah, bro, that's, uh, that's kind of my journey. Uh, I, love, I love what you just commented there on the reverse engineering of the chart because that's, you know, that's exactly what we're doing here is, is and, and what you said about the, the market, you know, it's very complex. However, to the, the finest, um, down to the detail, it's actually binary. Uh, however, you know, it's, it's so complex, yet it's so simple because it's just either a buy or a sell, right? But a lot of times, you know, you have to go into the shoes of the masses or go into the shoes of the dealer or both, in a sense, to actually reverse engineer the mindset of not just the dealer, what the dealer's doing, but also what the retail trader herd is doing, what the masses are thinking at a specific time. You know, understanding that will, is basically the backbone to understanding market structure, understanding price action, understanding where liquidity is, where uh, retail traders are being trapped, where the masses are being trapped in a specific area. Just like, you know, when I first came to here to Costa Rica, I've been living here in Costa Rica for a little over six years now. I had no idea how to speak Spanish. It was completely foreign to me. I currently, you know, I have about six years of experience here in Costa Rica. I never had Spanish classes, but I immersed myself in the language. I immersed myself in the culture and I was able I am now able to fluently speak Spanish. I'm able to fluently write Spanish. I can read in Spanish. So the same concept applies like what Mark said. He spent years. What is it? What was it? A year just backtesting, bro. I personally as well. I spent a year and a half, two years just backtesting. So that's what becoming the superior trader entails back testing even even more than actually live trading because back testing is is like your study time you're not just gonna jump on the chart without studying 
right? You're not just going to be able to, to get uh, a newspaper in Spanish and read it if you don't study the language. So it's the exact same concept here in, in Forex, you guys. The market is a language and the candlesticks are words, all right? If you guys can understand the candlesticks, you can understand the story and you can understand the structure of the market. So what, um, what would you like to, how about we talk about Mark a little bit on psychology of the market. Let's go a little bit in depth on, you know, what money actually is because as we know, we can get on a, a demo account, a hundred thousand dollar demo account and flip it in a, just a few trades or overnight or in a week. But once we get on a live account, we can even have a hundred, two hundred dollars, a thousand dollars in the live account in a week. It's burnt out, right? Why is this? Why is there that emotional connection once you, from, from the demo account to the live account? What is different there, right? The difference is that emotional connection. Mark, do you want to touch up upon like how that emotional connection is created? What money actually is in a sense? Okay. So I just going to answer. Yeah. The, the emotional connection. See now when it comes to trading, when you're back testing, right offline and you're not really, you're not in a trade and you're, but you know, you're not participating in the market or whatever. And when you're back testing, um, you're looking at the market from the outside in. And it's the same with demo. You know, you just place a demo and you're looking at it kind of from the outside in, right? With, when it comes to back testing. Now, the minute you place a trade with real money, it goes from the outside in to the inside out. Now you're connected to that currency in there. Because why? Why are you looking in the inside out? You're seeing how you're responding to uncertainty. And trading is a world of uncertainty, a world of risk. You know, if you do not accept that you can lose that money, then there's a then there's going to be a lot of psychological errors that can take place. Okay, like for example, if you over leverage an account, you more than likely you're not going to allow the trade to do its work. How many times have you entered a trade with a 15 pip stop loss, 20 pip stop loss, and you, it'll, it might immediately go into negative about seven, eight pips, 11 pips, even 13 pips. And they worked off the high or low one more time, and then they reverse and it goes your way. But if you risk too much money that you weren't willing to lose, that drawdown would have been scary and you would have closed the trade losing a lot of money and then when you turn around and look back you you would have never gotten stopped out see i want people to understand that you're never you're not proven wrong until your stop is hit i've held three to four trades in a row for some strange reason this is what happened to me I'd, this was like two weeks in a row 
I think in the month of February, where uh, I would enter a trade and it immediately went against me. And it came within two pips to my stop loss. And this happened to me about four, I think about five trades in a row. It came right to my stop loss and, re and reversed and went into profit. Now, what if my psychology was off and I wasn't willing, able to accept risk? This is where the money management, risk management is also equivalent to psychological management as well. All right. So that, um, you know, again, over leveraging causes that. Now, one of the biggest things for me, and it's still something that I'm dealing with, I'm not, I still feel like I'm, I still have a lot of improvement as a trader. I am trading for FTMO as well, uh, for, you know, their account and the working, going to work for firms and stuff. But um, one thing for me that is my biggest demon, and, and I'm getting better at it, but I still struggle with it from time to time, is breaking even, meaning knowing when to adjust your stop loss. Let me tell you something, family. This is how it usually goes. You go from losing all the time to then breaking even. How do you get past the break-even stage? Now, when you place a trade, let's say you have a 15-pip stop loss and you're going for 30 pips, 2 to 1, or 50 pips, 3 to 1. You, will, you usually will be inclined to adjusting your stop loss when you're about 15 pips, right? Now, I could guarantee you, many times you would break even. For example, if you, if you believe it's a, a, a trap at a support zone, and let's say you sold against a support zone, and the problem would be is if, if you're up like, let's say 30 pips in profit and you adjust your stop, if the market, if price action doesn't fully break that support zone, what I find is that the market makers will use that support zone many times to show more bullish inductions. And you will see them spike up more and more and more, and they'll knock you out at break even, and then you'll see the trade go your way. So there's a rule that I teach also to my students, and that, that I'm keeping to myself uh, in the sense of my own psychology I have to fix is adjusting your stop loss when a psychological level has been fully, fully broken. Okay, if they're working off a trend line or zone or, and, and you, know, you believe it's a trap, I do not advise that you adjust your stop loss to break even so early because those inductions, market, maker, market makers use all psychological levels and they'll try to induce and get more dumb money trapped in that specific area, okay? So if you keep adjusting your stop too early, okay, it will drive you crazy. It will be just as bad, almost just as bad as losing because you will be like, you know, like, damn, like, come on, it's been like two months, you know, and, and it's like, I just keep breaking even. So then that's a psychology error that you also have to face because all of us have some um, demons, inner demons that affect with the capital growth. Now, when it comes to what is money, see, there's a, uh, there are people teaching that the fiat currency is not backed up by anything. And I'm not sure if I fully agree with that because it's the same with, for example, uh, if you back up, uh, you know, oh, well, now this currency is backed by gold. 
and you will real and you will see people honestly say that okay it's backed by gold so it's better now okay it's not but to me this go it's the same it's whoever put the value on gold that's us making the decision on on what to value gold okay and it's the same with this paper this fiat currency now what a lot of I, I think a lot of people are waking up to it, but some do not fully understand. All governments are broke. Governments have always been broke. Okay? Even the Vatican is is bankrupt. Okay? Now what they did was they with this uh, fiat currency, when they took it off the gold standard, they then put it on, you could say the petrodollar, but to be a real, the way governments get um get loans or get to print money sorry to get loans from the federal reserve is by tricking your mother into signing a birth certificate okay so this birth certificate is not a birth certificate it's a it's a contract cloaked as a birth certificate and they get your mother to sign away your coercive force and your soul and they create a straw man, they create a fake, fictitious entity, okay? So, for example, on your uh, um, birth certificate and your social security number, your social security number has a routing number because it's connected to a treasury account. And the government, uh, the government is the only one that has, has access to this treasury account because your mother signed the birth certificate giving them permission, okay? So, when the now when you're born the government then uses that contract as collateral to get to be able to print money okay so they are bringing something of value to the to the fed the federal reserve in order to get access to printing money they're not just printing it out of they are printing it out of thin air but they're using your coercive force your soul when you were born they say hey look we got another financial slave citizen okay and we're going to use his labor as collateral to print money so this fiat currency has always been backed up by soul by your solar force your coercive force okay so um just going back to so money is actually energy your soul is your energy body the electromagnetic field that's around you, that's your soul, okay? Your energy body is what powers your physical body. This is why your physical body is powered by the central nervous system, nerve energy, and nerve energy is powered house in the brain. Nerve energy, the nervous system is completely electrical. It's chi energy, it's completely electric energy, okay? Your soul is the energy body. All right. So when you start to understand, okay, that when it comes to currency, notice current, when you look at a stream, a flow, it's a current, it's a constant flow. So money represents the, a constant flow of energy, unrestricted. So remember now, economies only work out based on the constant flow of money. So, but money is a, is a physical representation of of solar energy of nerve energy 
okay? So in your life, when it comes to being a better trader, a better money manager, a better human being, you got to learn how to treat your, because when it comes to, sorry, when it comes to health, health is about allowing energy to flow. When it comes to disease, it's a restriction of flow. So when it comes to being broke, okay, being broken, that means you have a restriction of flow of energy. So money, in all essence, the only way the, the government is able to even get money is the fact that you're born and they use you as collateral. And even when you look at what we pay taxes to, taxes mainly go to only military technology. Okay? So even the wars and all this stuff that we say, oh, the billionaires are doing this. A billionaire, I'm, I'm going to be very real with you. There's really no such thing as a trillionaire and billionaire without human addiction. Everything relies on the coercive force of human attention and human addiction. We power everything. Even if the money is backed by gold, we made that decision. Okay? We even made the decision, or the government, whatever, on how much gold would be worth. So it's all the same shit. Okay? The power resides within you. Okay? And it's the same with the, like, when it comes to trading, you don't make money from trading. The money already resides within you. The Forex market is, is, is a chaotic, but it's you that bring order to Forex. It's you that bring order to the market. And it's the same that you that bring order to your life. And order is usually associated with a flow of energy. Okay? So, yeah. Love it, bro. Love it man. Love the, uh, you know, the way that we think about money and the way that actually the entire financial system is set up is, uh, you know, it's based on the maritime system or maritime law or maritime you know, the, the laws of the sea. And we can see this, you know, they say when, when they talk about money, they talk about, we talk about liquidity. We talk about flow. We talk about cash flow. Um, are you liquid? Right. Um, we talk about, you know, the banks getting frozen. They froze my bank account. It was liquid, but now it's frozen. Right. Why do they talk like this? You know, because, Yes. When you, there's an entire system built on under this, under the the words that we think are so um, so innocent, right? The the entire system seems so innocent, but it's actually us that's innocent. It's our mindset that's innocent. We actually don't the the ones that are that have built this entire system on top of us have built it so so complex that we we say these words without even realizing the meaning so when we talk about money it's always a form of liquid or a form of energy right yes. um for example the oceans the the seas current sea right uh a a sea of current right so when we talk about a river, you know, the flow of 
water in a river is controlled by what? The banks of the river, the river banks. So in our system, who controls the flow of the money? The banks. It's the same exact thing. So if you guys don't really comprehend what Mark was talking about as well, about the birth certificates, right? What does it actually mean to birth something? If you look that up, when a, when a ship gets into sea or is, gets out from sea and into the harbor and it starts to unload its products, it is called the birthing of the ship, right? The ship has birthed at sea. What did it birth? It birthed the products aboard the ship. So in this case, your mother is the ship and you are being birthed into this world. Your, your mother's water is being broken, right? All of this is, it's such like a, it's like a wizardry code or something, right? So what does your, what does a captain have to sign off of when he gets to, when he gets aboard? He has to sign a certificate of manifest, just like when your mother births you in the hospital. She signs the birth certificate, the certificate of manifest, because you are nothing more than a good that is being commerced in the government. That's basically what yeah. the entire system has built upon you. Right? This, and they've built it to where it's so easy to see when you understand it. But if you don't understand it, if you don't understand the words behind it, right, you can't see it at all. So that's what's really complex. You know, there's something really complex, and I really, uh, I really would like you guys to go if you are interested. If you want to learn more about, you know, how the, how the certificate, um, how the birth certificate actually relates to like what Mark was talking about, your treasury front fund and uh, other things, all of this manipulation outside of the market as well. I suggest you look up the straw man. You know, what, what is the straw man? The straw man is uh, basically a financial entity created upon the side that basically represents you but it's not you it's you the fictional version of you because all of the laws that are created in this world are fictional they can't work for the flesh you can't imprison a flesh person you can't put rules upon the flesh but if you sign over a contract saying that all right I am now this entity and this entity is connected to me. That's how you basically get enslaved inside of the system that they have been, that, that they have created for us, right? That the governments have created um, and that people really don't even realize exist. Any last, any last thoughts on that, bro? I think, uh, I think we can kind of start to wrap up this episode really enjoyed the, the last part of it. And uh, if you guys did enjoy, 
like I said, feel free to look over, look on the internet about the straw man. It definitely, it is something to, to take into consideration as well as, you know, the birth certificate, what's exactly going on here. So uh, any thoughts, any last words, Mark? Yeah, excellent explanation with the riverbanks and, you know, the, the control of flow and especially how they call money liquidity, you know, so it's really good, bro. And I think, you know, let's just keep it, you know, at a good, uh, you know, not try to like kind of make it too long, just straight to the point. I think I'm done, bro. Awesome, brother. Yo, that was beautiful, man. You can go ahead and pause the recording. We'll upload it as soon as possible into the, the Academy. Yo. All right. Peace and love, family.